Hey dreamers, welcome to the Dream Planning Podcast. If you've been led here, I believe it was on purpose. You are created and loved by God and your life is full of purpose. If you've been sitting in a season of searching or unfulfillment and you're ready to change your life and hear from God, this is the podcast for you. Hi, I'm Polly Payne, the CEO and founder of Horatio Printing, and I'm here to lead you in tactical, practical, faith-led trainings to help make your God-sized dreams a reality in your life and your business. Your dreams matter because you matter. So open up your planner, pour a cup of coffee, and let's dream together. All right, welcome back. I'm so excited to be joined by Tony Collier. She is the co-lead pastor of Hillsong Atlanta and founder of the international women's ministry called Broken Crayons Still Color. I absolutely love the name of this. It helps women process through brokenness to really find hope. Um, Tony is just amazing. She's a speaker. She's a host. She's a consultant. She's helped organizations with creative marketing, leadership, student ministry, strategic planning, and she's super fun. So welcome to the show, Tony. <laughs> Let's go. We have arrived. We yeah. have arrived. I'm so glad to be here. Yeah, I'm so glad to have you here. One of the things I love about these interviews is we get to really pick the brain of an amazing dreamer because you have pursued so many big dreams that God has put on your heart. And, um, and sometimes we come up against a lot of obstacles when we're pursuing those dreams. And so I'm excited to kind of walk through that yeah. and hear more about uh, this ministry. So mm-hmm. tell the audience a little bit about Tony. Oh, little Tony. Listen, Tony's been through a lot of stuff, ma'am. Tony has been through a lot, a lot of trauma, a lot of abuse, a lot of pain, and just a a load of redemption to match it. Um, Grew up in Houston, Texas. I always have to say that because the people need to know it's Texas all day. All right. (laughs) Um, But I grew up, man, in a blended family. My mom was sick, uh, really, really young, Uh, had a couple strokes and so many other medical issues. And so I spent much of my childhood just caring for my mom, taking care of her, nurturing her. Uh, Unfortunately, my dad was very verbally abusive because that's just how he grew up. And so miss out on a lot of childhood and nurturing and love and care for myself. Um, And that just kind of all welled up. Um, I uh, lost my virginity at 13, was, you know, a part of a sexual abuse uh, relationship and lots of just like numbing through alcohol and weed and partying and all the things. I ended up leaving my parents' house and graduating high school at 16, went off to college, more partying, more crazy ratchetness, um, and thought I fell in love with a guy in three months and totally moved from Texas to Georgia Um, decided not to go to law school and start my life as a a young 19 year old, Um, got married and and quickly realized it was a toxic and abusive marriage, uh, but ended up having a daughter. Uh, We transitioned out of the marriage, got a divorce just so her and I can be safe and healthy, went through a slew of church manipulation and church hurt, church scandal uh, with my first church that I got saved at uh, here in Georgia. And just thought my whole story was just over that like, God's not going to call me to ministry anymore, not for someone this crazy, this broken with this much abuse and pain. And God just has such another plan. I mean, he 
brought me, ended up at North Point Ministries under the leadership of Andy Stanley, which is just crazy. Um, wow. And got so many, I know, got so many opportunities underneath that. And God really just redeemed my story, got remarried uh, to my incredible husband, Sam. Uh, we have our daughter, a little strong-willed six-year-old um, who's incredible. Her name is Dylan. And now I get to, to lead this women's ministry. And and it's just, it's, it's so crazy because seven years ago, six years ago, um, my story was just completely broken and depleted. And I had really bought into this idea that my brokenness defined me more than my ability to surrender to Jesus and for him to work in those surrendered places. And, and then I escaped from that and got some healing girl and went to counseling, did my thing. Um, still going to counseling, never not going to counseling. Let's just not get it twisted here, fam. Um, and then started this incredible women's ministry, Broken Crayon, Still Color, which is literally my story and the story of so many other women that I get to work with. I have seven women that I get to lead. Um, and we're just trying to tell women that God can still use them right in the middle of their mess. So I get to do that. Wow. That is so amazing. Wow. That is such a story. Yeah. Girl. My goodness. Like elevator speeched it, you know? Yeah. That is, that is a lot. Um, yeah. Wow. I just, I love how you've been able to turn it around and fully surrender it. I know a lot of people have just not walked through all of the trauma that you just spoke to, but a lot of people have yeah. can relate to trauma because we've all faced some sort of trauma in the past year, two years with um, the pandemic and all of the social injustice and um, just trauma, carrying everyone's trauma or facing it directly. Um, and so I know sometimes it's hard to dream after trauma or you know to dream big for your life and have vision so take me to the moment of like that surrender for you and like the the change yeah well first of all I am I feel like I'm fresh still fresh off the salvation bus let me just say that I'm like every morning I wake up I'm like god don't let me mess this up fam because this is we didn't are you sure I'm like are you sure you want to use my crazy self but he is like yes and amen um, but I, I got saved at 21. I um, stumbled into a church and was planning on living my life in corporate America, doing my thing. And God was like, man, I just have something so much greater for you uh, in your specific story, in your specific life. Um, and I remember going to this worship night. And I feel like we all have that, like many of us who've gotten saved have that like altar call moment, you know, yeah. with God and, and just had a moment, man, at 21, where I went up to the altar and I honestly just had like this flashback of my entire life, like being a little girl, rushing my mom to the hospital, getting my hardship license at 12, scheduling all my mom's doctor's appointments and losing my virginity and being sexually manipulated and abused and being verbally abused, like this big old flashback of like long party nights, and I just realized that like, I only made it through from the grace of God. Like, honestly, I, I mean, I literally should have been dead. I have had drunk nights driving, dipped in and out of a ditch, like completely totaled a car, not paying attention on the road. There are nights that I literally should not have been there. And I just felt so strongly the Lord be like, like, sis, like I have been with you. Like that is what has been happening. And it was from that moment where I was like, all right, I, I think I don't want to drive this ship anymore. Like, God, I want to give it to you for real, for real. Cause I'm already crazy. And if I don't find some sort of covering and grace and connection, I've been died out here. Okay. Like for real, physically died. <laughs> and 
I just handed it over. I was like, I don't, I don't want to manage and run my life. And, you know, if I'm honest, I, I got into ministry and really bought into that whole ministry fame life, like standing on stages, posting pictures on stages. And I think I had another, I feel like we're obviously constantly refining ourselves. I had another moment, maybe about three years ago, when I had built all this stuff and been on all these stages and I just felt God again, be like, ah, I just don't know if you've all the way surrendered it. I think that you still want it to be about Tony. And so I hopped off of social media for three months, went to a spiritual encounter with uh, Lauren Tomlin's family and her. And um, finally, I think got to the point where I'm like, all right, I'm even going to surrender my to-do lists. You know, I'm even going to surrender the way that I do my calling to God. And it's going to be less about me and more about him and his way. And, And I think that's when something clicked for me. And I think from that moment, I was like, all right, I got it, God. I got it. Wow. Wow. So take me to you starting this international women's ministry, Broken Crayon Still Color. I love the visual of that um, because we're all dealing with some level of feeling broken or unworthy, unqualified. Um, And so tell me a little more about this ministry and what you provide for the women in that. Mm. Man, I think there's so many different avenues that we've tried to take. We call them hooks. Like we just we know that multiple hooks are needed because as Bishop Chidi Jake says, when people walk into a room or a virtual room or an organization, they're constantly saying, do I see myself? And if I don't see me, it's not for me. And I learned real early on that it, my story in itself is not powerful enough to change the ideal, the mindset that we have to be perfect to be used by God that it is going to take a group, a community of women and different hooks to catch women where they are in different places. And so we have a blog, we do blog series where we simply pick um, a series that that kind of encapsulates what God's putting on our heart for that season for our women. And so we write, we have writers come in, they live their best life. And these series are so great. And we really market them and and try to get them out as best we can. Um, Then we also have a women's group. So we have a, um, a Facebook group that we love so very much. It's called the Hopeful Woman Collective. It's ran by our two community engagement specialists, Seva and Monica. They are so incredible. They've both been through divorce. Um, Seva's beautiful Indian believer. She's absolutely incredible. Monica's white American woman. She's a licensed um, psychologist, which is just so amazing for our brand. And we're in that group. And through that group, we have a prayer partner initiative. And one of the things that we said is like, we want to have one of the largest prayer networks for women in the world that we, we assign prayer partners, we train them, we have them sign NDAs, all the different things, you know, um, and they take on, you know, intimate time, one-on-one time with women from all over the world, Venezuela. Um, we have women calling in from the Philippines, the UK. It's beautiful. We also have a women's course. Uh, we believe that sometimes you need tangible, focused community and tangible steps that you can go through to really process through your brokenness and get on the other side to hope. So it's eight months long. Like it is a journey. It's not just like this one-off view these videos and keep it moving, but 180 page journal. It's called the hopeful woman course. Everything's online, 50 videos and monthly calls where I bring in speakers. And we talk about the really, really, really hard things and how to process through them. 
And so it's been great. And this year for us is going to be a year of resources. We are partnering with iDisciple to come out with some study materials and right now media and you version. And we're just so excited. Um, I know it's so crazy. I can't believe it. So we'll have some devotionals coming out here soon, but we're just, we're trying to create different hooks to remind God's daughters that their brokenness does not disqualify them or define them. Um, And there's just so much hope on the other side of our yes and surrender to Jesus. So true. Um, When you were just sharing that with me, it reminded me of the moment I felt like God was saying he wanted to use my gifts and talents outside of corporate America as well. And I was in such a broken month partying and taking people. I was in uh, advertising sales in Manhattan. And so it was like, your life is, you know, entertaining people and client meetings and this event, that event. And there's just so much to do in New York. And I was in a real month of excess. And I remember that moment having that encounter with God on my, on my bed and being like, really? Like me? Are you kidding me? Like, I do not have it all together. And um, it's just amazing how God, Mm. he wants to use every single person. He didn't create you to put you on a shelf. You know, he created you to be an instrument and a vessel of his goodness and his love. And that's just, I just love what you're doing with the hopeful women course. I think it's so great. And if you're listening to this, you're like, that sounds really cool. Like I'd like to get involved with that. Good news. Um, (laughs) Tony's actually doing a really awesome, I believe the challenge is free, right? Yes. Free the challenge. challenge. I believe it's starting May 23rd, but Woo! be sure to check her social and everything for the latest update on that in case anything shifted around. But May 23rd through the 25th is an awesome uh, free challenge. I think it's called broken, but hopeful challenge. Be yeah. bold. And Come so, on. yeah, you guys need to go sign up for that. Go invest in yourself and get around other people because the enemy wants to isolate us and make us oh, think yeah. we're alone. We're on an Island. No one's as bad as me. No one's gone through what I've gone through. And if we can all get together, there's just, we're unstoppable. And so um, yeah, you guys have to go do that challenge. I'll put, I'll put a link in the show notes to Woo! all of Tony's, um, you know, where you can find her and get connected there so that you can, um, join that. And also I'll put a link to the Facebook group, the hopeful women collective. Come on. Let's Woo-hoo. go. Yeah. So let's talk about, I like to really equip my listeners with, um, support as they're pursuing their dreams. So what's been like a limiting belief that you've found on your journey that you really had to overcome to move forward? Oh man. Um, people pleasing. Hello, somebody. Um, (laughs) number one. Um, yeah, but honestly, I mean, I'm a three on the Enneagram achiever. I want to win. I want to execute. I want to live my best life. And I had a father who, you know, was never proud. And so I've got this natural people pleasing, little performer's heart that wants to be the best, do the best and please everybody. And from that place, I realized that that's, you know, a form of insecurity, obviously. Um, And then I have also realized that that insecurity oftentimes leads to pride and it's having ourselves on this pedestal, living a very sheltered and protected life. And I realized very early on going through church scandal, being hurt by leaders, seeing leaders fall, that it is that pride that root that's rooted in insecurity and shame and hiding all of our mess that 
that breeds falling and hurting people and hurting our families and friends. And so I had to take a deep dive before I even got to that point. And I had to be honest about, all right, fam, for me, pride is a thing. I want to people please so bad. I want to be on top so bad. That's the fleshly part of me. And Mm -hmm. I need to actively work against that. And I think oftentimes some of us either don't want to own what we struggle with or once we do own it, we don't actually do anything about it to counteract it. For me, that means accountability. I have Mm -hmm. had to be extremely, take extreme measures to put accountability around me. I can be fired from broken crowns. My team can be like, no sis, it's over. But it's not mine. It's, It's what I've gotten a steward over. It's what God's given me. So I should always be in a place where I can lose it, where it can be taken away from me if I'm not stewarding it well. And I just have to be honest about that. I've had to watch the people that I'm around. I've had to turn down book deals, if I'm honest, Polly, like with people who I felt would feed my ego because I'm like, Mm-mm, I know myself. I know if I get an environment where someone's like, oh, I love you, Tony. I'm such a fan. I did it. Will they make much of me? and not as much of God, I I can quickly fall into a prideful trap. And so, yeah, I'm in counseling all the time, trying to get my life together, checking myself at the dough. And I have mentors and friends that's like, sis, sit down. That that one's too much, okay? That one's a little too much. And they're sharpening me um, every day. But that's that's been one of the biggest hurdles, man, is making much of God and much more than I do of myself. Wow. Whoa, whoa, whoa. That's so good. That's so good. First off that you know yourself. Um, and I'm curious if you found that revelation in your quiet time or in a therapist office. Yep. Which like, was it both uh, or where you're like, I'm like was- both, all both coach. Um, <laughs> you know, I think that it's honestly been a combination, man. Yeah. I think and, and it, it should be a combination, right? Yeah, like yeah. the church can't solve all my problems and my counselor can't solve all my problems, but there's a God who's working through all of that that can, and that yeah. will use all of that yeah. to heal all the things that we need to heal. And it's honestly been a combination, healthy community, accountability, quiet time. Yeah. God saying, mm, no, not right now. Me listening to his voice yeah. and, you know, me being, again, being honest with myself, there's an ownership in that that we all have to take and in, in figuring out what our weaknesses are and, you know, counteracting that. That's so good. Jesus is always asking us to examine, examine mm-hmm. our heart, examine our motives, examine our desires. You know, where are you going? What do you want? And um, I think that's just so great to be reminded that we have to take that time to examine and not you know, it's so easy to just get caught up in like, all right, what's next? What's next on the do list? Okay. I've got this going on. Okay. Scroll, 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 you know, time for bed <laughs> and to not sit and have that examine time and, and find what you need to do as a boundary or a system to hold yourself accountable, have that accountability that's so powerful. How did you know, like, you know what? I've got this issue. Boom. Accountability is what yeah. I need. Like, like, where was that? How did that, like, how was that the solution? Yeah. You know what's interesting? I, I feel like it's because I saw the opposite. Like, we're just going to be real here. I didn't like 
wave some magic wand or I wasn't smart enough to figure out, you know, accountability, local board, all that stuff like that. Mm -hmm. There was guidance once I realized I needed it and how to build it. But the initial idea came from seeing leaders not have accountability and seeing that pride and narcissism fester from that. I mean, it's just clear as day. I sat under a leader where everyone was like, yes, 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 man. And didn't challenge, didn't push back, even when it didn't feel right. Even when God and the Holy Spirit was leading us to make different decisions, we had fallen into such a narcissistic cycle where no one wanted to hold a man accountable. And, and I just believe as believers that that's what we're supposed to do is to challenge in love and grace and be all grace, all truth, all the time, like Jesus was. And it was from, I mean, honestly, even with my brothers, like I have three older brothers, they, two of them have been through some very extremely hard times and addictions and drugs. And I mean, have just really damaged their lives in so many ways. I saw from that the need to stop. I was like, "Mm, I don't think I want to go down that road. And I think it's important to say that now because you would think after all the junk that we've seen in the church that hopefully what cancel culture has provided from from us is an example of an an exposure, honestly, of what Mm -hmm. we shouldn't do. And I'm not saying cancel culture is great because some of them suckers be ruthless. But I yeah. am saying that yeah. I think it, it just, I'm like, okay, guys, you're not God. Like, let's chill out for a second. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah. But at the same time, there's been an accountability through cancel culture of, hey, like, this, these are some things that we shouldn't do, family. Yeah, and this isn't cool. This isn't cool. Yeah. Not cool, not cool, not cool. So, yeah. I'm curious, speaking of like church hurt and like as a new co-leader of Hillsong Atlanta and this. I mean, your ministry there is just growing. I'm on the email list because me and my staff want to come down to a worship night because we're up, you know, in Chattanooga, we're not that far. And so we're like pumped to come down. And um, I'm just curious because, you know, I went to Hillsong NYC. That's where Horatio was really born. And so let's talk about church hurt for just a second. Like, what would you say to somebody that has walked through a season of being hurt by the church mm-hmm. because whether you went to Hillsong or not, you've probably in some way experienced this. And I know yeah. you've been yeah. through it and you're actually walking people through it now in a way. Yeah. And so uh, what's your advice there? Cause I think you have a really powerful perspective on it. hundred percent. I mean, I think at the end of the day, we've got to figure out the balance of hurt and hope coexisting. I just, in in all of our lives, if I could wave the hurt and hope magic wand over everything and have everyone accept that there, that with every pain, there's a level of joy and that we do have the capacity of, of just divine, like holding, we we have this divine ability to hold both that we just have not allowed ourselves to walk in. Either we're just like all joy, I'm sweeping it under the road, I'm flight or I'm going to fight and I'm just going to sit in this pain. I'm going to stay here and I'm not going to move. I think with church hurt, there has been a journey that I've gone on where I've had to hold both hurt and hope. I've been hurt by people in the church, people. And I have had hope that God can work through other churches and other people. I think what I am a little bit tired of is one pastors in leadership that make much of themselves again this goes back to what i was saying earlier make so much of themselves 
that people are buying into a person and not a praise and not a surrender to Jesus. And so when the person fails them, to which they are accountable, we are accountable as leaders. It's as clear as day in the Bible, we will be judged for the things that we do as teachers and preachers and pastors and prophets and all the people, honey. We will be judged for that. We have an accountability, but that's the cross that we have to bear. The cross that members have to bear is to be able to come to church for a God, not a man, period. If you are coming to church, because you like the the pastor and how he or she preaches, then, hey, I just think you're coming for the wrong reason. We can have our preferences. We can have, there's certain foods I like and foods that I don't like. The service can be poochy. The service at the restaurant can be horrific. And I'm gonna go for that food, okay? (laughs) I am. But in church of all places, this is not a place to test out the people. It is a place to surrender at the feet of Jesus. And that is an individual ideology that we all have to have. And and that's on us. That is on us. I have been in churches left and right. And when it became more about my relationship with God and less about what the church can offer me and what the pastor preaches, et cetera, et cetera, that's when I was able to find the hope to step back in a church again and freak now to like be standing alongside my husband as he's building one. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm like, dang, I didn't ever think I was going to get back in the church, much less build. Okay. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, we are. So. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. I love that. I love that makes so much sense. And, you know, we can't put our hope in man or our, our hope in man's approval of us either. You know, if we, mm. if we live by their approval, we'll die by their rejection. Oh and so we just have Woo, to keep, that's good. have to Sorry. keep, Yeah, we have to keep just going to that audience of one, ultimately, right? Mm -hmm. So good. Well, I'm just so, like, I'm just so inspired by you and your story. Um, It obviously needs to be a book. So (laughs) tell me about your book deal. Are you coming out with a book yet or not? Come on. I'm screaming. Okay, trying to get my life together here. I'm so excited. Calm down, everybody. Um, Okay, so like... Y'all remember earlier when I was saying <laughs> that there was a season where I had to realize my weaknesses and, and that I was chasing after, you know, fame and glory and yeah. stage more than I was the pit stop at the feet of Jesus. And maybe about a year ago, I just started getting people saying, you should write a book. You should write a book. You should write a book. And I'm being 100% honest with you guys. I took it to the, to the Lord and he was like, not now. You're not ready to carry that weight. You're not ready to have that type of platform where your words will last into eternity um it's not time and so i just kept saying no even during the global pandemic i got two offers on the table without me even pursuing it because hello god will bring the increase okay we don't have to strive we can thrive girls and boys um and it just it just was a no no not no not i'm not right now not right now tony And I remember, I don't know what it was. I don't know what unleashed in me or healed in me, but the Lord was like, okay, it's time. And I reached out to a literary agent um, with a bindery. And I said, "I, I think it's time. And I was scared out of my freaking mind. I'm like, what in the world? I don't wanna do this. I'm so scared. I'm just so nervous. And I can't even tell you, I currently am in negotiations for two book deal Um, with an incredible publisher and got offers on the table that 
I, I honestly was like, I think maybe they should lessen it so that there's not so much accountability so that I don't like fail. <laughs> but I just, here's what I know to be true. If, if I can maintain the posture that I am, I'm someone who is stewarding over what God has built. This is not mine. This is not mine. This ministry is not mine. My daughter's not even mine. This marriage is not mine. It is the Lord's. And I've been put on this earth to steward it well, to love God's people, to be kind and to love Jesus. And if I can do that, I think that it'll be a book that transforms lives because it'll be a book that's for Jesus, Mm. for God. And I just get to steward over it. And so we have a book title. I don't, I'm hoping that it sticks. We may change it. The book process is like up, down, all around, but we want something about brokenness. Brave enough to be broken is what we're kind of putting in the forefront on the forefront right now. And I think my real, my real honest prayer is, gosh, I really hope there's maybe a pastor or two, (laughs) a leader or two, an organization entrepreneur or two who reads this and says, oh, wow. Like, I don't have to be perfect to lead this. As a matter of fact, I need accountability and I need a space where I can be honest about where I'm hurting so that I don't hurt others in my leadership. Mm -hmm. And I I pray that it, it touches those people. And then I pray for the single mom, for the girl that's lonely and single, uh, maybe even potentially for the guy who's battling with pornography and addiction. I pray that we would be free enough to understand that it is bravery that takes vulnerability, not weakness. Mm. It is a, a courageous thing to say, I'm struggling and I need help. And that's when the real power and glory of God come. And hopefully that's what the book does. Hopefully. Wow. Tony, you are walking in the fruit <laughs> of surrender. Like that is what you were doing. And it's just so beautiful to see. And it's a, it's a scary place at times, but man, isn't it great when you look back and you're like, wow, look at this fruit (laughs) from the surrender, you know, the surrender of me or my ego or the way I thought this should come about or my timeline, especially as a three, like, I know you're, you're like, let's go, let's go. Let's get this done yesterday. You know, um, yeah, I'm a seven, but I think I'm a, I'm a three. Oh. Too. I'm like, maybe I was just a so seven. Well with 20, seven. I think I'm a three in my thirties, but I was a seven in my twenties. Come on somebody. You get a special <laughs> brace when you're in them thirties. Let me just be honest about that. Yeah. Especially with a special brace, honey. <laughs> That's so funny. Well, this has been so wonderful. I loved connecting with you. I can't wait to see the journey. And once again, ladies, please join her free challenge coming up broken, but hopeful, um, May 23rd, um, go into the links in my show notes and you can find her Instagram and all the other links you need. And this is so wonderful. Thank you, Tony. Thank you for having me. (laughs) Thanks for listening to the dream planning podcast. I hope that this episode has blessed you in some way. If it did, please take 30 seconds to leave a quick review on iTunes or Apple Podcasts. I love seeing your feedback and I read every single one. Also, if you want to help spread the word about this podcast and this ministry, please share a screenshot to your social media, either your Instagram or your Facebook and tag me in it, tag Horatio Printing, and I would love to just connect with you on a deeper level. Now, before you go, I just want to make sure that you know you are invited to join 
the Horatio Printing Academy. And if you've been feeling stuck or stagnant in your ability to dream, or maybe you've been feeling unqualified to really put yourself out there and dream those big dreams and pursue the things that make you happy, I wanna help you through the dream crafting course. And I have a gift for you. You can use the code DREAM50, that's DREAM50, to get $50 off the dream crafting course. Then I cannot wait to welcome you into the Academy Every single member of the Academy gets access to our student community, which is a private Facebook group filled with dreamers encouraging each other on this journey together as we discover our purpose and really conquer limiting fears, the fear of judgment, the fear of failure, and any limiting beliefs that are holding us back from our dreams. I cannot wait to see you in there and you'll also get access to our live monthly support sessions. So if you wanna take your dreams to the next level, do not wait, go over to thedreamerinyou.com, use that code, and as I said before, the doors open May 14th, and I cannot wait to see you there. And I truly believe the best is yet to come.